Star Wars 7x7 episode 2394. Today, well, I was sort of hinting at it yesterday that we were going to go down this path, pun intended. We're going to talk about the paths, which are actually a new way to hack hyperspace. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So hyperspace has been in Star Wars one of those things where you know, we don't necessarily understand it all that well and it is really sort of a plot device. In fact, the whole business about hyperspace engines and their capacity and for traveling 0.5 past light speed or other ratings. Uh, Pablo Hidalgo, I think, is the person who once said that hyperspace travels at the speed of plot, basically, which means that it's just meant to allow people to get places faster <laughs> to enable stories to get to their next set of conflicts. But it really does have an actual usefulness as depicted in Star Wars. It is the basis of opening up more parts of the galaxy for trade and expansion and communication and all that sort of thing. So it does have an element that even though you can, you know, wink at it and say at the speed of plot, there is a science and a political, social, economic aspect to it that does get defined in a way. And so when we come to the High Republic stories, we are finding out that hyperspace is a relatively new phenomenon and that its you know usefulness is comparatively unexplored and also remarkable and not necessarily well understood, which is fun because <laughs> we still don't. But we are starting to get some definitions about it. And one of the Santecas who we talked about as hyperspace surveyors in yesterday's episode, one of the Santecas describes hyperspace and says, it's not like real space. Once a ship or anything else enters it, there's no way to encounter anything. You're in a bubble of space time that nothing else can interact with because each lane is, as far as we can tell, its own distinct plane of existence. And this comes as they're trying to evaluate what might've happened with the legacy run and the notion that you know, could they have possibly encountered something in the hyperlane? And the theory is no, that shouldn't be possible because it should be its own plane of existence. And so nothing could have, should have been in that lane, but something was. And so we're gonna get into somewhat spoilery territory for the light of the Jedi. So there's your basic warning. Um, there's a thing called the paths and it's actually the name of the second part of the novel, but it just happens to be the case that the paths are what make the Nihil as formidable as they are. This is how Marshawn Rowe in the narrative is thinking about it. He talks about the Nile. They're special, powerful, and the reason for that was the paths. And all the ways that counted, they made the Nile what they were. They allowed crews to use hyperspace in ways denied to every other ship in the galaxy micro jumps, leaps to locations inside gravity wells, entering hyperspace from almost anywhere as opposed to having to run elaborate calculations or travel to a non-occluded access zone. They allowed the Nile ships to appear and disappear at will like spirits. They could be anywhere at any time and no defenses could stop them. So where did these paths come from? Well, Marshawn Rowe and his father before him, Asgar Rowe, and perhaps his grandmother, 
before Asgar, <laughs> and we don't know all the details just yet. Um, they brought the paths to the Nile and also brought something called the Path Engines, which are different from your standard Starship engine, and they are able to take the information about the paths and calculate actual navigational trajectories with them, and that's something that your garden variety Starship with hyperspace uh, capabilities cannot do. And when we get into the final section of the novel, when there is a big battle between the New Republic and a Tempest of the Nile, that's when you really get to see some crazy micro-jumping hyperspace activity in action, and that's part of what becomes so terrifying about that particular battle. And I'm gonna, you know, let that be the, <laughs> the, the borderline where I don't go across into full spoiler territory about that battle. But suffice it to say, yeah, that becomes a major problem for the New Republic and the Jedi to deal with. There's also some descriptions of the path engines or ships equipped with path engines and what it looks like when they're moving through hyperspace on the paths and how unusual or different it is. For example, as Marshawn Rowe is involved in one of these transits, he describes it as like flying through a snowstorm made of flowers built of bright green light beautiful and horrifying all at once. And with flight recorder data from the Legacy Run, they are able to actually see the New Republic and the Jedi investigating the disaster. They're able to see a Nihil ship coming into the hyperlane, and there is a strange red and gold turbulence in the wake of the Nihil ship as it's moving perpendicular across the path of the Legacy Run, which is supposed to be just flying normally through hyperspace with the typical blue-white swirly tunnel that you see. And that's not supposed to be possible. Lena So, who is the Chancellor of the Republic, says, you know, I was given to understand that that was impossible. And the Santecas, who are helping with the investigation, say, yeah, that should be impossible. And there's something going on in the background with them that uh, the Jedi, Avar Chris and Alzar Man are picking up on some communication between the Santecas that, you know, suggests they know more about this than they are revealing. And the novel does indicate that they have suspicions for how it's possible and their suspicions are actually kind of right on the mark, even if they believe that their suspicions should be impossible as well. Now, based on the descriptions though, you know, it put me in mind briefly of the light speed skipping scene we see at the beginning of The Rise of Skywalker, but the way that's depicted does not seem to match up with any of the descriptions of ships traveling on the paths. So I think it just so happens that the notion of light speed skipping you know, does seem to, you know, dovetail a little bit, but even with the jumps that Poe did while he was skipping the Falcon, it seems like, you know, they were going to different places, so it wasn't necessarily like, you know, micro jumps or anything like that. They were jumps, just, you know, not calculated in advance and just done with fingers crossed, basically. And the other question this brings up, which there's no answer to this just yet, but it does 
essentially establish it as a question that requires an answer is what happened to this technology? Because here it is in the High Republic, it is more advanced than any hyperspace travel technology that we've ever heard of in any other Star Wars storytelling. It's certainly not in use by the time of the Rise of Skywalker, which is the furthest out story that we know about. They're just using hyperspace like we have gotten used to it all these years. So that suggests it's either going to die with the Nile at some point down the line in this whole storytelling initiative, or the Nile are going to disappear off into the wild space horizon or the unknown regions and not come out with it until sometime after <laughs> the sequel era. Who knows, maybe for Rogue Squadron, wouldn't that be fascinating? But be that as it may, it does yeah, sort of open the question, where is this technology in all of the movies, what's happened to it. Something must have happened to it. So that is a story that is gonna have to be told at some point. But with you know multiple phases of this whole High Republic storytelling initiative, I'm sure it's gonna be years before we find out. But you know, just something to think about for now. And that is going to do it for today's episode of the show. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited by their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.